0: Hello, good morning, good afternoon, buenos dias, good day, depending on where you are. Listening to me from, this is Dr. Lulu, the momatrician, coming at y'all today with another Promises to Be, encouraging and uplifting episode of Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. Today I have a fabulous guest with us only because we share a few things in common. She's a doctor. She's a brown-skinned girl. She's holding it down. She's a fabulous, fierce female. Yes, I said it. She's also African by birth. So you know what? This girl is my sister. She just doesn't know it. On top of all of that, when she was growing up, she traveled a lot, or rather she moved a lot like I did because my daddy was in the military and her dad was a diplomat. So we have that in common. So I want to say she probably changed schools a lot like I did, but you know. I'm not going to claim that because I don't know yet. As early as the age of 11, she believes that she experienced depression. And believe it or not, at that tender age of 11, she was even suicidal. And isn't that what this whole podcast is about? The fact that she's here today as a thriving, practicing adult female shows that she survived that. 11-year-old issue, and you are not your past. And she's here to tell us that she's not her past. She's not defined by her past, but guess what? The lessons she learned as a child have made her an even better physician today because she's able to tie in depression with poor immune system and function as a great, superproductive, infectious disease doctor because of that. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. She's able, to tie, she's able to tie the fact that depression can wear down your immune system and as a matter of fact, can affect you and maybe even cause you to have infections that you never even knew you were going to get. Like for me, I have fibromyalgia, as you guys know, and I know it has to be something related to the fact that I had severe trauma as an abused spouse and of course, all the other drama that you all know. And if you don't know yet, listen to episode one, which talks about my story. So without further ado, we're going to invite Miss No, excuse me, Dr. What am I thinking? Dr. Naya Obama to tell us her story. Dr. Naya, thank you so much.
1: For thank joining you so me much for having me.
0: me. Yes, ma'am. Thank
1: you so much for having me. Thank yes, you ma'am. so much for doing this. And you know, making this a, an outlet for people. So, thank you for the work you're doing.
0: Yes, ma'am. Thank you for doing it, and also for for sharing your story. Because, as you know, there will be someone, maybe even just one person, who's going to be touched by your story. And for me, it makes it worth it. So, you wanna you wanna you wanna take it away, ma'am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, yes, as you mentioned, um, it uh, really hit home when I was 11. We were we had just moved to a new home and um I have many siblings but um the main core were the 5 that I grew up with uh two older sisters two younger brothers and I was right in the middle and um you know I I I can speak of how I felt but it's not um in a way any judgment to my parents or to my family um it's just very difficult for um for African Mary's families to come and be assimilated and this is just a consequence but i don't want it to come off as a judgment so at the time of um 11 um i was the middle child I was very independent um i would get into you know some tiffs with my siblings and to my with my mom but um over time i just felt very um ignored at times and just very um not as important i, I would say and um and i started to have nights where i would get severely depressed and i couldn't say it was because i was hungry i didn't have clothes or i didn't have friends because i had all of that but despite all of that and you know my mom and my siblings were around um i still had deep moments of depression and because we were growing up catholic i was very we were very religious and i knew that suicide was wrong And so my prayer was that I would say to God, Hey God, I know suicide is wrong. So I I don't, I don't want to take my own life, but I'm okay. If you take my life. And, um, I would go to sleep. I would cry and go to sleep. And then I would wake up and be upset that I was still here. And I said, I would wake up and say, God, like I prayed. I know you you told us to pray. And, um, but why am I still here? Yeah. And um, a few days would go by and I would feel okay again, but then I would get back into it and, um, pray the same prayer. And it was like that for almost a year, I would say. Um, and I guess things chif- shifted, or I got distracted enough that I didn't really, um, think about it until maybe I was in high school, um, with difficulties of fitting in, uh, properly. And, um, I would go through bouts of depression, but never to that extent. So it's never been to that extent until I think it was fast forward, maybe 20 years later that I was having trouble in my own um, marriage and would get severely depressed. And I didn't, I wouldn't say I was suicidal then, but I didn't have a lot of care if I would drive off the road. So that's
0: when I. Do you, have you been listening been... to my podcast? Because that sounds like you, you that's, that was me. That was yeah. me. I wanted to drive off the road. As a matter of fact, I know this is your story and I, I, should, I, I shouldn't be taking it, but when I, when I lived in San Antonio, when I was going through my bouts of depression and suicidality, I would drive up and down, those of you who live in San Antonio know 410, I would drive up and down 410 looking for the perfect place on the bridge or drive up and down I-10. Oh, wow for the perfect place on the bridge where i would drive up but there will always be there too many cars i can't go fast enough you know i was like but i would do that i would mm. do
1: yes wow our stories are so similar that mm. just oh goosebumps. i told
0: you you were my sister you know i told you were my yes.
1: sister.
0: <laughs> yes. oh my goodness yes i would just be like maybe today's the day that i would i would be able to do it i would drive off and then there'll be like a pile up of traffic and like, Oh God, because if I do it now, everybody's going to come and say, they're going to save me. There'll be people here. (laughs) It was just, it was diabolical, but it was true. That was my truth. It
1: was true. And, and you can't, it's hard to, you know, shake that feeling. It's hard to pray that feeling away. Away. And, you know, but what I, I thank God that I was able to recognize it enough to say, I need help. So that's when I got into counseling and, um, I got, oh, wait, 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 wait.
0: Can you say that again for those people yeah. at the back, a black female going into counseling? Can you say that again? Cause you yes, know how we I, are.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Cause our, yes, our culture says, you know, you just need to have faith and pray. Oh my But I said, I'm having goosebumps. I, have, I have faith. I have, I pray. I'm in church every day. I mean, every Sunday, but I still can't shake it off. So I need help. So I went into counseling. And that was the best thing I could have done.
0: Wow. Did you hear that people? She said, and I quote, counseling was the best thing that she could have done. It is okay people to get counseling. It's okay to say I'm not okay. What's not okay is for you to stay that way. It's completely fine. Counseling works. But what about medication? Did you get medication? Did you take medicines?
1: I I did. I did take it for a few years. Wow. Wow. And um, it was funny because my, my counselor said, well, I need you to be on this dose, the higher dose. And I, I couldn't take it because it made me too dizzy. So I just took a minimal dose. And I had, because I couldn't take the higher dose, I had to work more on the counseling piece. So I was very intentional and um, I made it part of my routine um, to see the counselor, whether it was every week or every other week, um, just because I know that I couldn't tolerate higher doses of medicines
0: that's amazing how you said that for me, it was not quite the dizziness. The medicines make, made me feel weird. And I actually did have suicidal ideation on Ooh. the medication as well. Oh, wow! And so I knew for me too, that I had to take my counseling seriously. I had to do, I took the medicine. I never cut down on the dose. I wasn't smart enough to think about that, but, but I, I, I did take my counseling very, very seriously, and just and again, I keep saying I had a wife that was very supportive, I had family members that were supportive and i and I relied heavily on them, heavily on them, not my children per se, but just everyone else you know that knew about it. I relied heavily on them, so yes, thank you for 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 highlighting the fact that you can titrate your medications and we're going to talk about medicines one day Mm -hmm. one of my monologues hopefully will be that but you can absolutely titrate your medications there's nothing that says you must take this medicine and it must be this dose and if it's not Mm -hmm. there's a problem so that's wonderful that's wonderful i like it i like it Mm
1: -hmm. thank you thank you but yeah i mean and during that time i think that was about 2014 that I was on um, medicine and counsel, intensive counseling, um, and um, I got better. And also, at the time, I, I went through a divorce, but it was by the grace of God. You know, it. it I the counseling brought a lot of clarity um, because I had a lot of blame and shame about it. Um, again, being African, but um, but. I was a, I was so grateful when I came out of it. Um, and then I was able to space out the counseling. Um, and, um, I think in 2015, probably 16, um, I tried to wean myself off the medicine cause I was like, you know, most likely it was situational. And I, at the time it wasn't, it wasn't the right time because wow. um, I weaned myself off. And then exactly two weeks after I was off completely, I felt this deep amount of depression. Wow. And this was when I was at a wedding and I was like, what is going on?
0: Wow.
1: What is going on? And um, then I put two and two together. So you've been off your medicine for two weeks. Mind you, this was just five milligrams of Lexapro. But
0: wow.
1: It was doing something.
0: I love it. I love it because antidepressants get a bad rap. As you know, they do get a bad rap. A lot of people... They would rather do anything than to take medication. And this is the stigma. Some of it is a stigma. Some of it, like me, I'm just, I don't like taking pills. But Mm -hmm. I have high blood pressure. And you can bet your bottom dollar I take my medicine every day. Because when I stop taking my medicine, I get that headache. And go take your medicine. So I don't play with my medicine. So you're right. Wow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thank God for the clarity and the presence of mind you had to know, wait, it's because I'm off my medicines. Let me get back on my meds. It's really, really good. You know, you said something interesting earlier, and you said, oh, you know, we're African. Tell me a little bit more, if you can, the guilt with the the divorce, because I felt that. I felt looked down at, if there's a phrase. I felt dirty inside because I'm a Black Nigerian female filing for divorce. Everyone was asking me, what did you do? Like, wait, what about what did he do? What about what did we do? Why, what did I do? You know, so you want to touch on that again? I told you, you were my sister. This is crazy. (laughs) I went through that, like feeling dirty inside because I filed for divorce. Like, how dare me? And in my own case, I have three children, three boys. Like, what's going to happen to your kids? Who's going to help you raise your kids? What's going to happen to those poor little boys? Like, wait, what about me? Like, right, right, right.
1: That's it's it's it was tough. So, just the backstory. um, I think the reason I, I, it took me a while to be married, to get married, to find the right person and or, or move forward in that, that aspect. But when I was graduating, you know, I was dating somebody and, um, it just, it felt right more so because it was time, you know, to be married. And, um, even though there was some nuances there, I said, you know, I was strong, I could handle it. Um, but my body said, no, after a while it was, it was too much. Um, To deal with the nuances and you know dealing with myself enabling all this stuff. So I remember going to um, My parents and saying, you know, this is really not working out. I'm Well, well just to backtrack to when I started counseling my first sentence was I'm having trouble with depression I'm having trouble with my marriage Tell me what I need to do to fix my marriage and my counselor looked at me and laughed, and she says, "It's nothing. You need to do. You need to fix yourself first.
0: Yes, you can't. And if you, were to you fix can't, your marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had to
1: be. He had to be there. Um. So she put, you know, she put a lot of things in clarity.
0: Yes. Hmm.
1: So you know, with that, with talking to her, removed a lot of shame. So because I had less shame, I was able to talk to my parents about it and say that this is what's happening. You know, I really tried. I've gone through counseling and um i tried to get my ex involved and you know he wasn't open to it um for his own reasons and you know it's i don't want to throw shade or put blame It's just he wasn't ready and, and then, um, that's
0: completely understandable we understandable. we didn't even we we didn't even do i don't think we did any kind of counseling at all because he's a nigerian man he doesn't mm-hmm. do counseling. this is not what we do this is you just right. get married yeah. and you just know how to get married and you must stay married, uh, you know, till death literally does you part. And I'm like, okay, right. okay, okay. Uh, no. <laughs> right. So that's why I'm saying like, I didn't even know all these aspects, I promise you, but I, I just felt this kindred spirit when I spoke to you the first time. I felt yes. like there was something in there. I had the same, I, for in my own case, I didn't go to my parents. I went to the bishop I went Mm. to the Monsignor, yes. And I spoke to the Monsignor and he said to me, you know, this Catholic thing, you know, what are you going to do? You know, he said, well, he said, he said, Jesus Christ, as you know, is the head of the marriage. God is the head of the marriage. And he's also the head of the church, but he would rather have you be in a happy marriage than an unhappy marriage. And that's all he said. And to me, I got my And he didn't, he didn't have to tell me, go get divorced. No, he just said, this is what he would rather have you do. He would rather you be happy in your marriage. So do what you have to do to either be happy in marriage or whatever. So I was like, okay, that's all I needed because I'm not happy in my marriage. And it wasn't for lack of trying. It was 13 years later and I was still happy. So, and I had three children and I was like, okay, I cannot give from a place of empty. I have to fill my cup to be able to mm-hmm. find my kids and, and, and you need it to be done. So have mm-hmm. children. Do you have children? No
1: children. No.
0: Well, so that's a, in a way, in this sense, a blessing, because right. trust me, that's an added, added book chapter mm-hmm. to deal with when you have kids involved, yes. everybody looks down on you like, what, what's going to happen to the kids? You know, what's get Like, wait, what about me?
1: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's important to, you know it's even though it was painful to go through it was important for your kids because if kids see you in an uh, unhappy marriage they have a wrong perception of marriage thank you you know thank like you. i was i mean kind of a sign i was talking to a friend and she says she didn't have a right perception of marriage so she was never motivated to be married you know so it it it, it does affect the kids it does affect the kids but um you know but in our, our and that's one of the things my counselor pointed out to me for the longest I wanted kids you know and even when I got married we um he had two daughters and you know I took them in as my own when they were at the house and I I still love him to this day um that's great that's good to know so, you know it's good to know but then I realized I turned off my clock and I said I don't want to have I'd rather be married and not have kids with with this situation, because the it was too chaotic, situation. it was yes. too chaotic, um, and I didn't want to, you know, forcefully f- bring a child into this situation. So, um, so I'm I'm grateful for that. But, um, you know, we didn't end up having kids. But I, I had forgotten about that decision until the the counselor, the counselor. She asked me one day. She says, "So, do you want kids?" And I start and I bust out crying, and I was like, I realized that I had changed my mind because of the situation i was in and i was like oh no that also pointed me you know pointed me to say you know it's okay it's okay to move forward and um with this divorce but my you know initially my parents were resistant in a sense that they were you know well, what what did you do wrong or um what what can you do to fix it and then i explained to them i i really have been trying i'm in counseling so I think that made them feel better and they've been supportive ever since. Thank God. Um, so I just, I'm I'm grateful because, you know, it's, I can see sometimes the wrestling that happens in their minds because the true African in them is like, well, you should be married and, you know, all these things, maybe there's a curse because that's why you're not married
0: and things of that sort. Yes, I know it. Everything has to be spiritual. Oh honey, you're not Nigerian. We wrote the book about all the juju in the world, all the black magic is, they're all at work, but wait, don't you go to mass every Sunday? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you reconcile the black juju part? And then the, the, but that's who they are.
1: that's That's who they are that's who we are culturally and it's i mean it is what it is so um but yeah i mean despite that difficult time you know i'm i'm on good i'm on great terms with my family and they've been very supportive and um you know and it's it's been good and in terms of the depression i did um i moved to um atlanta about three months ago And at that time I decided again to wean myself off, uh, the Lexapro, and I've been, you know, successful or, I mean, not successful. It's not like it's bad, but, um, I've been okay off of it. Um, I still have my bouts here and there, but I've been able to, um, not fall into the deep depression, not fall into the suicidal ideations. Um, so I'm grateful to God for that.
0: So essentially your suicidal ideation was only at 11 or has it always been a part of your, your journey with depression?
1: No, it was um, only at 11.
0: Oh, wow. And I can, I can completely see how a small child will, will pray for something. like Mostly because you didn't even know. You Mm -hmm. didn't know, but I can totally see that. Mm -hmm. So how are you doing? I mean, how are you doing these days?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. i you know, I'm grateful. Um, I'm actually going to start back up with counseling just to make sure that I'm still okay. Cause I, I had actually a lot of anxiety when I first moved here. Um, and it, again, my, my family's here, so it's been, it's been good f- to have them around and just kind of to, um, keep me grounded, keep me focused. Um, I think the reason too, I, you know even if i think about suicide for a second i have a lot of i've been very intentional about having a lot of um affirmations quotes around my house around my office you know i have a lot of pictures of family just i, I call them reminders Of reminders why to live reminders like yes you can feel depressed but this is a reminder why to live so you know i net, i i'm grateful that i have not gone into that hole um but i think it's also because i've been intentional that i know how sensitive i am that i'm intentional about having reminders around me um
0: that that's wonderful because that's the next thing i was going to ask you is how do you cope besides obviously you've said medication you have said counseling but i usually ask my guests well what is the thing that worked for you? So, obviously, affirmations is one thing that's worked for you, right? The positive affirmations mm-hmm. and reinforcements. And I saw somewhere, I think I have like a website saved, just positive quotes about mm-hmm. suicidality and why you should stay. That pages and pages and pages of. Positive quotes, and that was actually part of my plan to incorporate a quote into each episode. I completely forgot. You just reminded me now, so I'm going to go back and do that. The other thing I want to know is, you have a favorite quote that you you go to a favorite activity that you do, favorite book that you read, maybe.
1: Um, my favorite activity is dancing, is ballroom dancing. Um,
0: Ooh, African yeah. with ballroom dancing skills. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I thought I was bad with my little salsa skills, but you got it. <laughs> I love it. But
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, especially Salsa, it makes me beyond the moon. It makes me so happy. It relaxes my mind, even though it's very rigorous, but it's very relaxing for me. And a lot of times, you know, I, I notice I get into my thoughts is because I'm worried about this, worried about that, but through dancing, um, I get to relax my mind. So it's really, really nice.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. wow thank you- you're my, probably my first guest who said that. But I, I do love dancing. I have arthritis now, so it's not as good. But um, definitely when I was younger, I took salsa lessons every Friday in Charlotte, North Carolina or something. And that was, fun. Uh, was a lot yes. of fun. Yes, that's good. So, okay, that's wonderful. So what about a favorite book or, or um, are you an author? A lot of my guests are authors.
1: Yeah, I actually published in um, 2006 wow yeah i published a book of poems about different experiences i've had but i haven't written since then because it was a compilation of poems that i've been doing for the past four years and and a lot of the issues that i wrote about i'm still encountering you know some of them i could finesse my poems and stuff but um that's one of the reasons i really haven't written um in terms of reading i I
0: honestly wait, wait we got know we gotta finish up that. What's the name of the book?
1: Um, Letters from God.
0: Oh wow, that is deep.
1: Yeah. Letters from God. It's actually um I was actually just was um gonna decide to put it out of publication this year.
0: Oh really? Um,
1: just to kind of push myself to move to the next phase because I've sort of been leaning on those poems for all these years, and you know, I think God is putting me into a next phase to. Um, write and do other things. Okay. So very good. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of reading, I'm not a very good reader. Um, in a sense, I'm more of a listener, and I read for my job, of course, you know, to stay current. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, um, I haven't really been good at picking up a book, even though I buy them. They're there on my desk. But I haven't been good about being diligent about reading it through. Um, so. I, I
0: swear to God, we're twins I love reading, <laughs> I, I do that, that, that I will have to say And I, I have like, I don't know, six bookshelves and each one is packed with books and I do <laughs> read but I'm a very emotional reader so uh-huh. I read depending on how I'm feeling uh... sometimes when I'm very sad I read, sometimes when I'm very happy I read, so nine times out of ten I haven't finished most books Michelle Obama, <laughs> forgive me Michelle a., I still haven't finished her book but I started it, you know, and I went to see her and all that, but I haven't finished it. But that's good. At least you, you have the books maybe one day. One day we're going to be by the ocean somewhere, you know, with our little swimsuits, and then we'll finally read all our books. Who knows? <laughs> that's one. So there's something I mentioned in the intro that I wanted you to touch on. The way you've been able to practice. You said you're, you're a better clinician because you're able to tie your depression to poor immune system and of course, the presence of infections. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: So um, just just to explain what I do, um, I do infectious disease, that's my specialty. And that means I manage all acute and chronic infections. And for a while, I noticed that there was a trend. Uh, well, in my training, it was mainly um, seeing sick, sick patients in the hospital. But when I got out, I noticed that there was a trend in my practice, people under 40 years old coming in with recurrent infections. Um, sometimes, it would be, uh, recurrent skin infections. sometimes it would be recurrent skin infections. Sometimes there'd be recurrent pneumonias. Um, and they just were so convinced that there was something wrong with them. And, wow. um, you know, they've been, you know, but I, they came to the office to. And the question was always, you know, there must be one antibiotic I can be on and it, it will cure me forever. Right? <laughs> and, yes. Um, so I, you know, I noticed initially I would be like, no, there's no antibiotic. It's recurrent infections, you know, just do hygiene and all this stuff. But then over time, God started to show me that, no, 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 there's a, um, a spiritual and si- psychiatric component to this. Yes. So pay attention. Pay attention. Wow. So I started to pay attention, and um, in you know in that group below forty, um, and also group um, of people with diabetic infections, especially really bad diabetic infections, and the trend was always the same that they were not taking care of themselves. Mm. So then I started to develop my famous quote, and all my patients can say they've heard this is. God uses infection to get your attention.
0: I love it. And you yes. know the funny thing? It's funny. I always ask for a favorite quote. That was my next thing. So that's amazing. Yes. But that's yes. your own original quote is what you're saying. It's not that's, like... A, no,
1: that's my own original.
0: Wow. Um, but
1: I say it all the time. you like a in- true
0: infectious disease doctor. <laughs> I'm writing it down in bold letters. You hear me?
1: Yes, wow. yes but it, he does and it, you know I'll you know so especially with um people who were anxious and I you know I would reassure them okay you don't have um cancer hiv or diabetes so you don't have a reason to have a low immune system mm-hmm. but you know let's talk about what what is what else is going on in your life well i'm busy with this i'm anxious about that i'm depressed about that or you know i'm always worrying about this and you know when you, when you talk to them about classic symptoms of depression, they have them, you know, fatigue, not wanting to eat, not wanting to do things they used to love, but they're they always contest. They say, well, it's not like I'm crying all the time. Exactly. That's not (laughs) not all
0: there is to it.
1: That's not all there is with depression. But, um, and I say, well, do you know your worth? And when I say things like that, they start to cry and they're like, Hmm. well, I just want to take care of everybody else. Like, but if you don't know your worth, you mm-hmm. may be going through a depression. Wow. Because you're yourself first. So what that does is it decreases your immune system and then you get skin infections. And then when they we really talk about it, you know, I said, Do you notice that the when you have really bad outbreaks of skin infections, um, it's usually during stressful times and they they would say, Oh my gosh, yes.
0: I was just gonna say, Oh my gosh, yes.
1: Wow yes.
0: as a pediatrician, yes. my I do echo some of your words in the sense that a lot of my parents are like, well, but he's not crying or she's not crying about their child. And I'm okay. like, no, in children, especially depression is totally different. They can just become more hyperactive or just right. act more risky behavior or whatever. But that is in their own way, a sign mm-hmm. of
1: depression. Right. Wow. Right. That's, right. This
0: is, wow. This is so amazing. I love it. you you're dropping some <clears throat> gold nuggets. <laughs> I love it. I'm loving it. Wow. Thank God you. uses infection to get your attention. Never, never in my life will I have thought about putting it a nice rhyme to it. Obviously, you've got some, you've got a, you're have got. you like a, a sort of a wordsmith or something. I like the play of words. <laughs> I love it. Thank you.
1: Thank so you. I was going to
0: ask you what the next thing was, you know, what's, what's a favorite quote. So I guess, you know, at this point, I'm going to ask you, would you be willing to come back to do part two of this?
1: Absolutely. Or
0: fantastic. Because I feel Absolutely. like you jumped about 20 years. And I, I pretended not to see that, but you went from 11 to adulthood. I was like, yeah, we're going to have to come back. We're going to have to come back and <laughs> tackle those 20 years. What happened? If you want to, of course. And then it's That's all said in, in, in good faith you know if you would like to come back but before i let you go where can our listeners hear you where can they find you where can they see you
1: um your book
0: where where is your book where can we find your book before you take
1: now um letters letters from god is still available at barnes and noble or amazon.com um it's by naya ibama e-b-a-m-a um in terms of listening i mean um Really, I don't have a, a what to call it, a foundation other than, you know, my patients get my spiel um, about taking better care of themselves. But um, that's really where I am right now. And, you know, so thank you for giving me a voice on this podcast. Oh, yes. Um, so they can come here and support you and support me um, through that. Um, but that's really about it. You know.
0: That's really I really appreciate it. I probably don't need to, to say more than you have. You, it's been it's been a fun time. I know that first day I was like okay. Then I saw like <laughs> we scheduled three times okay, but then we we did it. We really did it. We did it. And I love it. And thank you so much for pulling over to talk mm-hmm. to me, I thought it was, I thought you did awesome, I'm going Thank to take a quick you. minute to just kind of touch the highlights, so okay. obviously you already said that we're, we're sisters, we're both African sisters, and I love that, and um, I love the fact that you say you're a better clinician, and you did give us, I saw it when you were, I could hear in your voice, I could see it in your eyes, the, the passion, and the way you actually found a way to connect it, that is amazing, and that's quotes, that's quotes, I love it. I love it. God uses Thank infection you. to get your attention. I love it. I also love something that you said, how, and this is a quote, how I felt it's not, how I felt is not a judgment to my parents or my family. I love that because people, people. People sometimes do what they're doing and they don't even know that they're doing it. They don't know that they're saying it. They don't know how to help you. And Africans specifically, we we are such a complex people.
1: We are. Child has
0: depression. Don't talk about it. Oh, my God. Don't say we want him to get married. <laughs> my mom said that one time on my Facebook live. She was like, yeah, they don't want to mention that there's mental illness so that the child can get married. Really? Well, guess what? Your mental illness is fooling you all the way to your husband's house. Okay? Yes. It's not going away. It's but yeah, right. that's us. That's us. And then I love the fact that you, a doctor, was admitting to the fact that you took medications and the counseling actually helped, and your words where the counseling brought a lot of clarity I love, love, love that that was powerful, coming from a provider, because people need to hear, other doctors need to hear you say that, because you think doctors don't get depressed, hello, we do mm-hmm. any group do. of people are in denial oh, I got this, I got this it's us, and this mm-hmm. is one of the reasons why we get so much burnout, and there's so much suicide among doctors because we don't want to we don't want the medical, I don't know, board to hear that we're mm-hmm. less than perfect. We have to be, you know, wear that mask and put a nice fitting one every day. You mm-hmm. cave in under burnouts because we're pushed and pulled in every direction. Insurance company, your boss, your patients, your wife, your kids, life, you know, and we just have a hard time balancing it. So thank you for being a voice for providers. I, I don't take that lightly at all. I really appreciate the fact that you said that we should get counseling. We should reach out and get help. And of course, your book is called a book of, it's a book of poems. It's called Letters from God by Naya Ibama. And it's available on at Barnes and Nobles and, did you say Amazon? Yes. Barnes and Nobles and, and Amazon. So look for Naya, N-Y-A, last name Ibama, E-B-A-M-A. And remember, y'all, God does use infection to get your attention. I'm still stealing it. Um, It's stolen. I'm taking it and I'm going to run with it. Are you kidding? Yeah. He also mentioned, for those of you listening, that she was very intentional. I saved the best for last. She was very intentional with using positive affirmations all around the house, all around, probably at work, everywhere, so that she can see the reasons to live. Because she still gets flare ups, she still gets bouts of depression, and still, you know, when you get to that point, it's like, oh, God, it's here again. But she uses words of affirmations written all over the place. She needs to see those words to know that you are enough, that she is enough, and she's good enough to stay. And so, Nia, Naya, thank you so much for not, thank God for not answering your prayers, your 11 year old prayers. <laughs> Thank you for staying and thank you for sharing your story with us today. All right, folks, you heard it. She came here. She put it all on the table and she's going to walk away and she's going to hope that you hear and you learn and you heard and you have learned that it is okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And the next time you get a rash, maybe God is trying to get your attention because you're stressed out. So for the parents out there, this is for you, right? Listen to your kids, see your kids, know your kids and answer them when they tell you that mom, dad, I'm sad, I'm depressed, someone is messing with me because yes, as I always say, parenting is the hardest thing you ever did, but it's also the best thing you can ever do. So go out there and be the best doggone parent that you can be. This is Dr. Lulu, the mama, tr- mom- can't even speak. This is Dr. Lulu. The Mama Trishan. This is Suicide Pages, the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Y'all be good now, okay? Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll see y'all later. Bye.